I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. My name is Yamilka Rodriguez, and I am your host. And today we have Kay Van Waz, and I'm so excited to interview her. But before we get started with that, I'm going to read her bio. Kate has recently launched her own consulting business, focusing primarily on supporting progressive executives and leaders, especially women and non-binary, and helping them fight off burnout and thrive. A lot of the work focuses on creating supportive, inclusive workplace cultures and managing strategic shifts and crises, all while nurturing work-life balance. Kate has held executive and leadership roles in government and academic sectors across all industries, including space science, the outdoor industry, and international development. She, her husband, and two children will soon be moving to Montana, which I'm really excited to talk to you about that, where they're excited to relish in lots of outdoor play and time and a lot less traffic. This is exactly why I live in Louisville, Kentucky is because I love the quiet and there's nobody around. There's traffic, but not like other places. So I get it. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, Kate. What I love to do before we begin is you tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you help your clients and a little bit more about your business. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. First, I just want to start by saying I love what I do. I am really excited about my job. I can't wait to get at it every day, which is not something that one often gets to say about their job, right? You gave a really good summary of it. So my mission is really to help stave burnout and support progressive leaders because progressive leaders are the ones that are often trying to not just find more seats at the table for everybody, but completely rebuild the table, right? And they're often the ones putting square pegs and round holes And what that does is, while it's fulfilling, it can also be very draining. And it can take a lot more out of you than if you're just trying to go along with the system as it is, right? So my mission is to help those leaders, support them, and keep them from burning out too early. And tell me, I know this burnout thing, I think I didn't hear it so much prior to COVID. I think I've been hearing it a lot afterwards. Why is there so much burnout? Do you know why? I mean, it's a good question. Partly, McKinsey came out with that state of women in the workplace for 2022 report, right? And that headline for that report was something like, we're in the midst of a great breakup. Like we're just draining women from leadership across sectors all over the country. Women are often the ones that tend to be those progressive, empathetic leaders, right? And so, like I said, that takes a lot out of you emotionally and physically and mentally to be constantly trying to rebuild a system 
that is broken or wasn't built for you and the people you're trying to support to begin with, right? And we're especially losing women of color. And while that report focused on women, obviously leadership can be even more draining for, you know, intersectional identities or trans women or non-binary gender fluid, what have you, because those have all been traditionally marginalized identities for whom this system hasn't been built, right? And why all of that is happening, I think partly it's, yeah, it takes a lot out of you to buck the system. Also COVID, right, drained a lot of people and women took on the majority of the homeschooling work and all the extra stuff, right, that had to happen during COVID, all that emotional and physical and time burden, And also all of the social justice reckoning that really ramped up at the same time in 2020, right? And trying to be responsive to that and trying as a leader to support your team through that social justice reckoning that's happening and COVID and, 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 right? Was just a big drain on people. That's true. That's true. That makes total sense. So this wouldn't be called the brand therapist if we didn't talk about childhood. And so if I asked you, was there a story in your childhood that kind of got you to where you are today? Like you came out just saying that you love your job, which I love that. So tell me the story that kind of relates to that from childhood. Hmm. That's a good question. I've always been wired to buck the system a bit anyway, right? I have always been wired to, even since I was a kid, clicks have always bothered me, right? Or people being left out really bothered me as a kid. I still don't even like to see it in a movie. Even if it's a comedy, it bothers me. <laughs> it's very painful. My eldest daughter, I think, is is really the same way. That's always been kind of in there. And so I've always been wired towards a mind towards social justice. But honestly, I've had to learn a lot as an adult, right? Because I grew up in a white middle-class family, right? So I didn't have all of the exposure to what all of those social justice issues were. My education in history was lacking, as we all know, right? Education in real history has been lacking in this country in many different places um, and for a long time. And I was a child in the 80s, so definitely true then. So I've had to learn a lot. But I think also my parents, they have always naturally been leaders in both their volunteer roles and in their professional roles. And so the apple, I guess, doesn't fall very far from the tree, right? I had that model growing up from them. And I always say my dad is the one who taught me to be a feminist because he is a scientist, a geologist, and he pushed me to go into science because like, there's not enough women in science and you can do anything. And he almost made me feel like being a girl was my superpower, actually. So I'll blame him slash give him credit for that. Oh, that's great. So, you know, I always have the listeners do a quiz. I mean, the guests, and you took the quiz. And it's so fascinating to me, especially when they tell me the the childhood story, how your archetype kind of comes through. I just asked you to do the quiz. So we're going to go here. And I, I want you to tell me how much you connect with this piece. You are a hero, which totally makes sense to me because you are out there to save the world. So let me read this to you. A hero sees the world as a challenge and is attracted to experiences that offer great opportunity to conquer, protect, and uphold. The motivation is competition, the need is to receive a challenge, and the fear is being defeated. 
The behaviors are saves the day, works to be strong and competent, and motivates others to achieve. So what I'd like you to do first is tell me, how does that sound? That's That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. I mean, I guess this is folded in there too, because one thing I balk at is all of that feels true, but I also don't feel the need to be the one at the forefront, right? And maybe this is where it comes out in the you know, you're saying supporting others, right? I'm, I'm very into, I want to support others to be in the lead and let them shine. Not that I'm afraid of a stage <laughs> or a microphone, but yes, I really want to support others. So I have five words here and I just want you to give me your definition of these words. Okay. What does courageous mean to you? It means that you stand up for what is right even when it is scary and even when negative things might happen to you for doing that. And courage is really about doing the right thing anyway, even when it's scary. It's not about not being scared. Love it. Driven. Driven. Sometimes that word worries me a little bit because I, I think especially in, this is really true in the DC area where it's really easy to get sucked into like being driven means that you're constantly climbing to the top of the career ladder and your, you know, your importance is measured by your title at work or by how often you are working and how often you're checking your work email and all of that. So sometimes that word worries me because it can mean that type of thing. For me, what it means, what I hold to is it means that I am driven to be the best me that I can be in the moment. And that best me is going to be different every day. And it's going to be different at different times in my life. It's going to be different at different times of day, like when I'm trying to get my kids out the door, just get your <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> like, why are we having this argument every morning? Right. So, like, my best me is going to be, I'm getting them out the door without losing my cool. And that is the best me <laughs> at that moment. Um, so, yeah, it, it varies. But that's what I think being driven is it's just trying to be the best me I can be in the moment. What about self-reliant? Man, that one, I err too much on that often. So I have to be careful, right? Because I think I've got to be able to do all of this myself. I've got to show I can do it and I don't need anyone else. <laughs> and that is simply not true. We did not evolve that way. We shouldn't be that way. Building a community is what helps us at work, at home, everything. So to me, self-reliant in that I guess what it really should mean for me is I'm going to do my part on the team, whatever the team is, right? And I'm going to make sure my team can rely on me. I love it. Persistent. That you keep going even when, don't let the bastards get you down. You keep going anyway, right? And you get up every day and you keep trying to do the right thing and you be forgiving of yourself and patient with yourself and forgiving of others and patient of others. You treat yourself like you would your own best friend and you just keep going because life is tough. There are beautiful and amazing moments all the time. It's also tough. It just is. And so persistence is doing the best you can to move through that with therapy and everything else that you need. Make everything happen. available to you. <laughs> Healthy dose of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> the last one, determined. Oh, wow. It's hard to, for me to distinguish between all of these. So determine, yeah, it's setting that intention for yourself 
and being driven by that intention, kind of setting yourself mission, if you will, and being determined to align yourself with that mission and also giving yourself the flexibility to let that change when it needs to change and being okay with that. Exactly. Okay. So let me ask you this based on that. What is Kate's brand all about? It is all about helping progressive leaders be the best leader that they can be in the moment, that day, that month, that year, and doing it while also finding not only building a healthy workplace culture where they are and a a healthy culture for their team, whether they're a middle management leader, early career leader, or, you know, executive leader, and also finding that work-life balance for themselves and figuring out how to define that for themselves too, and letting themselves define it differently at different stages of their life. So it's all about supporting that progressive leader, being their champion, being their invisible co-pilot. People have asked me before, like, will you fix my boss who's a total jerk? Right? And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not my speed. <laughs> I'm there to help the person who sure might be making mistakes or might be unsure how what the next step should be or knows what the next step should be, but it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't even have time to think about the strategy to get there or what have you, but I'm there to, to help the person who wants to do the right thing. I love that. You know, I actually, I was, I had a conversation with a mentee yesterday and she didn't have great things to say about her boss, but I said, you can only control yourself, right? And, and you have to do what's right. You have to be very clear on what you want, what you need. And I think that's really going to help you be successful in where you're at. You can't change somebody else. You can only change yourself. So as long as you're doing the right thing, I think everything's going to turn out fine. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it's as women, that we kind of try to go around it in different avenues and, and we're not really direct about what we want or what we need then that's where things start to kind of come down. Because I think a lot of times we just need to be right out, just say it, right? What is it that you want? And then people can act and respond correctly about that. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion-dollar brands, and has eight-plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. So let me ask you this. I know one of the questions is, what's your fame story or what's your point of fame that you feel like? And it's so interesting. Everybody has a different definition of fame. But if we look at it from a perspective of, honor or that it being honorable or going towards your mission of life, what would that moment be for you? That is a tough one. I think there have been a few moments in my life and I'm, I'm going to cheat and use a few only because that it's, there's a common thread 
in that there have been moments in my life where I have needed to stand up for what is right and stand up for others who might not have, across various means of measuring it and looking at it, might not have had the privilege that I did. So I felt it was incumbent upon me to take the brunt of standing up for what is right, knowing that it was going to be not taken well by the powers that be, right? So I know I'm being vague because I don't want to (laughs) call out any specifics or specific people, but there have been times when I have had to do that. And I have realized that as I got older and kind of progressed in my career and higher levels, there were others asking me to do so. Like, And so I realized that people felt like they could come to me to do that. And so maybe that's it, that I will stand up for what's right, even when it's uncomfortable and even when it's scary. That doesn't mean that I have done that every single time, right? It doesn't mean that it has always necessarily been successful or that I've done it in the perfect way if there is a perfect way, right? So none of us is perfect. And I'm sure there are ways that I could have done it better, but that is something that I know about myself and I think people who know me know will happen. Love it. So what is your greatest fear? Hmm, my greatest fear... Yes, I think what I often get worried about, and maybe this happens with parenthood, before I was a mom, my greatest fear was probably letting myself down, like my own expectations of where I should be at and what I should be doing, right? So it was like, it was like letting down those expectations, but also maybe, you know, I had probably built those expectations around what I assumed others expected I would be able to do or accomplish or whatever, right? And now I think my biggest fear would be letting my kids down, however that is, right? Like there are moments in the day, every day where you're like, oh gosh, I could have done that better as a mom, right? And you've got to learn to like not beat yourself up constantly, right? That it's kind of the overall average, right? (laughs) Is what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember that one specific time when there's something you could have done better or whatever. But still, I think that's really a thing that that really hit me once I became a parent was, you know, you're constantly afraid that something's going to happen to them, right? And like, unreasonably afraid of it. (laughs) (laughs) right? And that you will somehow let them down, right? Like, I'm screwing this up. I'm messing up my kids, you know? (laughs) So that's probably where it is. It's not even work related at this point. A lot of times it's not work related, you know? And I think for us... It's interesting where everybody's is in in particular. And when you talk about children, I have a little nephew running around and it's so interesting how they have their own personality, right? And you don't want to change them. You want to them to be able to express their personality, but you also have to make sure that they're interacting appropriately with everybody else, right? So it's it's a it's really tough, I think, in these times. Like, how do you manage that piece, letting them be who they are, but also being able to interact with the other children around them? So I think it's really hard to be a parent today in this world. Before, you know, you just say, "Don't do that" or whatever. But today, I think you need to let your children express themselves and be more like, okay, this is not good, but let them be who they are. And I think that's difficult in these times because sometimes, you know, the society feels that you have to be a certain way or act a certain way. There's a lot of showing them the example, but there's also a lot of, I mean, I'll definitely talk about this with other moms, right? Where we'll see 
the two kids like starting to have an argument and we're and we're like, wait, do we intervene or do we wait? And ju- do we step back and let them as part of learning how to human, like let them figure it out with each other, right? And kind of have the argument and get past it and just figure all that out, navigate all of that, right? If we're constantly jumping in and trying to stop it or saying, no, you should never argue, that doesn't teach them good things either, right? That makes them so conflict averse that they can't work through tough things, right? So that's a bit of a struggle. Where is that line? Yeah. Where do you kind of manage that? So let me ask you this. What are three lessons learned in your lifetime that you want to talk about? One is being forgiving of yourself. And <laughs> this is like Kate talking to Kate. Um, <laughs> right. At nearly 47, it's still taking me this long. I'm still learning that lesson. I'm not going to pretend, all you listeners, that I have this solidly figured out. I'm learning it on a daily basis. But being forgiving of yourself being your own best friend. And that as cheesy as that sounds, and we've seen it on mugs and whatever, <laughs> it's actually really key because that inner voice in your head that you tell yourself is the starts to actually change your brain and the way it's working and the way it's thinking. And so you want that to be as positive as possible. So that's one thing. The second thing is seeking out help. Like you brought up before, Amika, like it's so hard for us to ask for help. And yet it's so critical, right? It takes, not only does it like take a village to raise your children. So all of the aunties and uncles, you know, blood or not, right? All of the friends, all of the teachers, like it takes everybody to kind of raise your kids. It also, when you do your job, it takes a lot of outside expertise to help, right? Like I'm not going to pretend that I know entirely how to build my brand, that's what you're the expert in, right? (laughs) Or I'm not going to pretend I can design my own logo. Like I know it looks good, but I can't actually do it. I need, I, you know, hired a graphic artist to do that. And I think as you get older, it gets easier and easier to realize I don't have to be the expert on everything and actually building my like Ocean's Eleven team around me of the people who are really, really good at X, Y, and Z is going to help me feel and be successful. And the third thing is having it all is not a set thing for everyone. And it's not even a set thing for you, right? So you get to define what having it all means. No one else defines that for you. And it will change throughout your life. As circumstances change, as anything changes, it'll shift throughout your life what having it all is. And you've got to allow yourself the flexibility to let it shift and to not think you've failed or you didn't push hard enough or you weren't persistent enough, right? To bring that word back up. Yeah, really important to be flexible about what your all is and not let anyone else define it for you. Yeah, I love that. And and I can already see kind of your consulting pieces coming through around this because That's what sometimes drives us to burnout, right? Like we think we need to do everything, which you mentioned, or control things. And it's so interesting. Um, Even I had a conversation this morning with my sister-in-law. She kind of just wanted to talk to somebody. She couldn't talk to her husband, couldn't talk to other people about it. But I, all I could tell her was, you need to release that stress, because you're holding on to all the stress. That's all I could say, right? It feels 
so stressful and she's trying to control all these things. And so there's no way she can control them. And so it's really important to be able to understand, know that you, you know, that's happening and then know how to release, be able to release that instead of hold on to it. So I love all those things that you just mentioned. And so if I ask, what is the future for Kate? Where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years from now? I know you'll be in Montana, so that sounds exciting, but where do you see your career in particular? Yeah, honestly, I'm loving this so much that I see myself doing what I'm doing now and potentially expanding it. So I've said before, and I'll just, you know, go ahead and and say it out loud because actually it'd be great if other people also take this idea because there can't be too much of it in the world. So consider this open source, whether it's a good idea or not. I kind of joked about your Ocean's Eleven team before. I would love to have an Ocean's Eleven team of various experts who, when I am working with a client that is dealing with some kind of crisis, I can be like, oh, I know so-and-so who's really good at PR. And I know so-and-so who's really good at strategic planning, like whatever it is, right? And grab that team, get that team together and be like, okay, here is your crisis management, like pop-up team, right? And maybe we're together for a month and we're solving this crisis and get the leader and the organization past that and then move on back to the kind of one-to-one work. So that's one of the things I would love to do at some point. And I have a lot of ideas in my head all centered around this kind of fundamental work of supporting progressive leaders. You know, I love what you said about the Ocean's Eleven team, because I think in a way, I love doing the podcast because I get to meet so many interesting people. And I usually do a bit of a conversation afterwards off the air and really talk about how can we share resources? How can we share knowledge, right? How can we share somebody that might be able to help us in a space that we need help? I don't think we do this enough. I feel like we, like, again, you said that we, we try to do everything on our own. And, and yes, each person has expertise and we need to take advantage of their expertise because if we don't scale our business, then again, you may be burnt out trying to do everything on your own. So how do we have a collective of individuals that have their areas of the expertise and we can tap into their knowledge and understanding? So I love I love, I'm going to, I'm going to use that now, the Ocean's Eleven, since you opened it up to everybody, but the woman one, the woman one, which I love, I love that movie. It was so good. And so let me ask you this, where can people find you if they want to know more about Kate, where are you on the ethers? So I'm at manwasconsulting.com and I'm also really active on LinkedIn. Not so much on Twitter lately because yeah. Twitter uh, <laughs> Elon Musk. Should we talk about that? <laughs> um, and, well, you know, I think enough said, right? And not so much on Instagram partly because I'm Gen X and old. No, I joke. That's, that's not totally why. Because what I do doesn't really lend itself to photos. I'm not really taking a lot of photos of this deep one-to-one like you know, coaching kind of session. But yeah, very active on LinkedIn. And I have a LinkedIn newsletter, but I also post that on my website as well. Kate, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you listeners for being here with us. And 
I would love to invite, and I can't wait to see what you'll be doing in the future. Really send me a message when you have your team, your Oceans 11 team. I'd love to hear more about that. And anybody else who's listening, if you have an Oceans 11 team, I'd love to hear about that too. So thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or BespokeBranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to BespokeBranding.io and click on Brand Quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.